So there's a secret going on that you need to know about, and that is that the big brands are spending billions, yes, I said billions of dollars, redirecting their marketing into storytelling marketing. So of course, I've brought in an expert to tell you all about storytelling here on the Inner Dominatrix podcast, the show that gets you stepping into becoming the badass in business you were born to be. So welcome to the show, Kylie. I am so excited to have you on board. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And I, you know, I've been following you and of course I've been working with you a little bit and you are just such a genius at storytelling and the way that you you know, teach and educate people on storytelling. For me, it totally works. And I just, I thought, you know, we have to have you on here so that I can showcase what you're doing and teach people what story marketing is all about. So tell us what, in a nutshell, storytelling marketing is. Awesome. Well, thank you for for prefacing it in such a kind way. And yeah, it's really just the application of elements of story to what you would normally do in marketing. And for me, that that really just means communication. So I think for most people, marketing becomes a chore or it becomes this scary thing or this time-consuming thing because we have some kind of distortion that it's not just basic communication or how you would communicate with someone. And it has to be this like sort of showcasey way of communicating that takes us out of ourselves. And I think story is cool for multiple reasons. One of the reasons is that it puts you back into your own experience. So now you're just conveying your message in a way that you would do it if someone was sitting next to you, which Mm -hmm. is just so much more sellable. I mean, you know, like people don't like to really be marketed to, but we are totally wired to tell story. Like we're, we're wired to learn through story. We're wired to share through story. We're wired to create meaning through story. So adding, adding that to your communication process in your brand and in selling, it really puts fuel into it that is the same fuel that's driven all of human, human evolution. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like it's so basic. Why did we miss this all the way along? <laughs> I know. It's really funny. I think we missed it because in the early, in the early, the earliest days of advertising in America, specifically, I don't know about other countries, but in American advertising, the people who were really pioneering advertising methods were actually like Sigmund Freud's nephew was one of the people. And so they were, they were looking more to see at that time how they could use what they understood about psychology to manipulate the masses. And so one example, this is kind of funny. One example is that they weren't selling enough cigarettes because all the men were off in the war. And I don't remember if it was World War One or Two, but all the men were at war and so and women weren't supposed to smoke. And so one <laughs> of the things that they decided that they would do is showcase in the Macy's Day Parade a bunch of women smoking cigarettes. So it was kind of like that's what advertising came from is like how can we get a whole bunch of people to widely accept something so that we can sell it. And it was a really different way of thinking about things. You know, we we can't really, that doesn't work anymore in most markets. Now in some markets it still does, but 
But in the transformation space, which probably most people listening to this are a coach or an expert or an author or a healer or have some sort of gift that they're trying to monetize, right? So in that space, that kind of marketing really actually never worked. And it definitely works less now. So I I love that because it's so true. I mean, the whole guru model and let me tell you what you need to be doing. Yeah is completely transparent now, or at least I hope it is, doesn't seem to be working at all. Well, I can tell you that it isn't because like I've been behind the scenes of so many of those companies that actually know what's going on in a lot of them. And most of them are struggling to adapt because what they did five, 10 years ago to just all, like all you had to do 10 years ago in this industry was send out an email to, to a webinar or video series or get a bunch of JV partners and just send out an email and you could make so much money, but it doesn't work that way anymore. It it just doesn't. And part of that is, is market sophistication. So, so I believe the transformation space is in a level five market sophistication. And what that means is there have been so many claims. There've been so many promises. Mm. Most of them have been broken. So not only is the market just noisy, people talk all the time. Oh, the market's noisy. It's not, it's not just that it's noisy because it's noisy at level three. It's, it's more that it's noisy at level three, four, and five. The problem is not the noise. The problem is that your market no longer believes in anything. So that's where story comes in because my copywriting mentor told me that the level five market sophistication is the level of the inspiring leader. So Mm. people, so people that no longer have hope, they'll suspend a lot of disbelief to, to really follow an inspiring leader and not like the guru talking head telling you what to do, but a true, truly inspire inspirational leader. And when I thought about that, I was like, Oh my God, this is why story has been working. I never really knew. I thought it worked because of neuroscience and we're wired to do story and all that kind of stuff. But it hit me. It's working because we are at level five and if you think about level five being the realm of the inspiring leader, what inspiring leader can you think of in the history of humanity that wasn't a really good storyteller? That like, like we could look at Jesus, we could look at the Buddha, we could look at Martin Luther King, we can look at every TED speaker. You know, the, mo- the most watched TED Talks tell stories, they don't just present facts. So I don't know. So I made that connection. I was like, oh, if it's the realm of inspiring leadership and that's the only way to gain trust in that market, then the only way to gain trust in a jaded, it's not just an oversaturated, but in a jaded market, the only way to do it is basically to, yeah, to be able to tell really good stories. The other thing about that, that's super cool. If you think about a jaded market, they have a million objections and people have tried to overcome those objections and they just, there's nothing you can do there. But if you tell a story, they've never actually heard it before. Therefore they're not jaded around it. Right. It's like, if you've never, if you've never heard something before, you don't have those objections, you're just open. And so that's what I love about it. Yeah. It's so fun. And I, you know, I just, I love, what I've seen with you. So to bring it down to concrete, okay, we can talk about the abstract, about story, and yes, it engages. But when I follow and look at what you're doing, so I just signed up for one of your programs. Yay. I'm having fun. Yay. Super fun. fun. But I think I saw two emails come out on that. I didn't even see anything on social media, but that might be just, you know, the Facebook algorithms. But there was very little push and you filled a program Oh yeah. By telling great story. 
I overfilled it really. And I didn't mean to do that, but I couldn't say no to all the people. I was like, well, I really love you. So, okay. But I overfilled it. Yeah. From one social media post and, and basically one email that I sent to two different segments of my list. And, you know, I didn't actually so much tell a story in that marketing. I really just was like, this is what I have and this is what I'm doing. But the reason that I can do that is because 99% of the rest of the time, I just give really good content and tell really good stories. And so then when I decide to sell, I'm just like, Hey, I have this thing in it and it sells out. So that's the, so, so sometimes people, sometimes people miss like the power of that. And they think I just have to tell a story every single time I want to sell something. And that does actually work to an extent. But again, the market's going to keep getting smarter and keep getting smarter. So you can't just rely on that. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to share content and tell stories on a super regular basis and share yourself in that way. And then when you go to sell, it's just people are already leaning in waiting, you know, and a lot of times people come to me and say, like, what, how can I work with you? Or what, what do you have to sell? Cause they come to my website and they can't figure out like how to buy something. <laughs> and then, and then it's basically it's basically because of that. So really wherever you're at in business right now, listening to this, if you just can start sharing stories today, you'll be in a different place in 30 days. And I love, like I, I say this all the time. I say that I have like a hundred percent client success rate because every person I've ever worked with on story that's consistently applied it. And it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's very triggering. It's very, it's a very different way of looking at things. You have to really show up in a whole new way and it's hard. It's not easy, but it's super rewarding because everyone I've ever seen really push through that when it gets hard and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and not go back to that old way of convenience and selling yourself and your audience short, then they've always had really amazing results. So it varies. Sometimes it's people who, you know, they, they, I see them post on Facebook and no one ever responds. They get no engagement. And all of a sudden they're getting like a hundred comments on their posts. So then they still have to figure out how to turn that into sales conversions. Right. But still it's a step closer. Mm -hmm. Well, and, until you have engagement, you've got nothing. So, right. Exactly. And sometimes people will come to me and be like, I told one story and I made an 8,000 or a 30,000 or $10,000 sale. I hear that a lot. I also hear people's email list, you know, engagement goes up. So it's just, there will be an increase in your results. If you tell stories, that's what I believe. And I, and I've done everything in digital marketing and I've taught so many different things that I was so frustrated that people were not getting results with that I really came into clarity that this is this is like the final and only frontier for me as far as educating people in marketing. I'm like, yeah. let's just run with this for the next three decades or however long I'm going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got more than three decades left. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Let's just put it that way. I might be going somewhere, but it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I love it. And, and I can attest to that personally. Like I've, I've noticed an increase in engagement. Mm -hmm. I noticed that, you know, the, the badass abundance program that I just launched way easier to fill that people awesome. were, people were ready to buy people who, you know, hadn't engaged with me prior. They didn't even need a phone call. They were just like, sign me up. Cause I'm in. And I, you know, previously I had been able to fill programs, but it was a lot of work. And this time it's like, just fell in. 
people were like, yes, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. That's amazing. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I hadn't heard that, but I'm so happy to hear that. (laughs) There you go. You get it live. Yay. (laughs) It does. It absolutely works, which is part of the reason why I wanted to bring you in Mm -hmm. because when I see something really, you know, work for me, that, that there's like, there's something about it and it's reproducible. Yes, it does take work. I love the fact that you actually acknowledge the fact that it takes mm-hmm. some willingness to show up because you really have to like pull back the curtain and be a little mm-hmm. bit more raw, mm-hmm. but strategically raw, not just mm-hmm. spewing. <laughs> yes, that's a really good point. Uh, do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Dive in there. There's a there's sort of like a mistake I see a lot of women make. Men make the same mistake, but in a different way. Um, Women tend to make this mistake in feeling that being vulnerable is like oversharing. So Mm. the problem with that is that that's not being instructional or educational for your audience. It's like, okay, I'm sharing at this really deep level, but there's no direction. It's not going anywhere. And a lot of times what it does, so there's a couple ways to talk about it. You can share something that was really deep and painful. I don't have, I'm not like saying don't do that, or I'm not saying tell shallow stories. You can share something that was deep and painful, but, but only when it's fully processed and you have a takeaway, you have like a, here's how I got through this divorce, or here's how I got through like my bank account having negative dollars in it, or here's how I got through a death in my family or a trauma that he went through. Right. That's okay. But it has to be, here's how I got through it. Not I'm in this So I'm in it and I'm still unprocessed and now you should feel connected to me, right? You might get people that feel connected to that, but they're not going to come to you to hire you. They're going to come to you to kind of complain about it with, to commiserate. And I see Mm -hmm. that a lot. People tell me like, I'm not drawing the right person in and I'm like, well, let's look at what you did. You know, so, so, (laughs) and I used to give an example of, I, one of my best selling emails was about a breakup that I went through and it was really painful. And the email was sent out 20 years after the breakup. So I didn't have any energy around it anymore, Mm -hmm. but I was also going through another breakup at that time. And I would just tell my clients, like, I can't use this story in my marketing because I'm still in it. And like, I won't have, I don't have any value to share with my audience about this because I'm pissed and I'm resentful and I'm angry. And that's just not, that's not me being a coach, right? I can't take my own anger into my coaching relationships. I have to be neutral. So storytelling is a service and we tell them from a position of neutrality, even though they can convey and they should convey a lot of emotion. So we don't want to leave people stuck. The, the other thing I'll say about this is that the, the main point of, or, or no, actually that's not what I want to say. I want to say that in neuroscience, there is a part of the brain, neuroscience tells us there's a part of the brain that can't tell the difference between reality and a story. That's why like if you're in a movie theater where like the picture is really big on your head, you you get anxious when the character gets anxious, right? You're like feeling it because you actually feel like that's you. Mm -hmm. And, And that's the power of story. But that's also why we have to be careful with not spewing because what you'll do is if you don't take them all the way through into the lesson and the wisdom and the magic, then you are leaving them in the trauma, right? Like you're like leaving them there. And that to me is unethical storytelling. 
So I go off about this a lot because it's really important to me. Most people are not really going to go out there and start oversharing in that way that's traumatic, but I do see it happen sometimes. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I love how you clarified that, that it's, you're leaving them in the trauma, which is not anything I would hope, not anything anybody wants to do. Yeah. But an exactly. awareness that, you know, when you haven't fully processed and it's, you know, it's interesting because like I do professional speaking as well. And this is the same idea. If you're not through it, don't talk about it from stage. And mm -hmm. I think the same thing in your writing and whether it's marketing or, you know, ad copy or whatever, if you're not over it, Mm -hmm. you can't share the outcome of what's the win, what's the gain, what's the gift. Mm -hmm. You're not ready to tell people about it. That's what I, I, that's exactly it. Right. So, so, and I, and the way that I see men do this sort of pattern is like they go into brag, like braggy stories mm -hmm. and women yes. go into oversharing. Now, of course that's not like, I'm not so into like this, like extreme gender, you know, men are this way, women are this way. It's just a pattern that I've seen, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, it's always that way. But I see like when men start to tell their story, they, they feel like they have to be like the best and women feel inclined to be like as vulnerable as possible, as fast as possible, you know? And that's not always like, if you learn about intimacy from a therapist, they'll tell you like, share one thing with someone. And then if they can meet you there, share another thing, right? You build intimacy over time. You don't just go on a first date and be like, oh, when I was five, my dad thought you, right? We just don't, <laughs> that's not like, so, so thinking about marketing as intimacy, then what would be appropriate for a first point of contact versus a second versus a third. And therefore the stories I share with my clients who've actually given me money versus the stories that I put out there as a first point of contact are going to be different. And that mm. makes sense. So my clients will hear what's really going on in my life in a much deeper way because they've invested in me and I'm investing in them and there's trust right. and there's rapport. And so we can go a little deeper into some of those more intimate places. But if it's instructional, not just for my own need, right? But like if it's instructional, but then like if I'm writing a Facebook ad, I'm not going to tell a story that's like so intense. Yeah. It's, it's such a good distinction. And I love that idea of like once they've already committed and paid and that relationship is kind of like you're, you're going a little deeper, you're going on dates now, then, you know, you're past the coffee date. Now you're wanting to get to know the person on a deeper level and you know, that idea. So I just, I also would love for you to share kind of a, a basic outline, like where do people get started with this? And, you know, starting to make that shift. I mean, it's, it's a lot to integrate and you have so much that you teach people, but let's get people started. Where do yeah, we start? totally. So I think I really, there's a couple things. The first is really sharing your why. That's why I started our course with that, because I think that you can, I think it's easy for people to share their why. They don't need a structure to share their why. They already know what their why is. So really starting to talk, not just about what you do and not just what, the transformational benefits of your service are, which is what most of us are taught to do. And, and that's cool. Like do that, but also share why you do it. Because a lot of times when you start to just talk about why, then people resonate with that and they kind of lean in. So your why story isn't necessarily a story with like characters and conflict and all this kind of stuff, but it is to me, it's a form of storytelling. So it's really, you know, sharing 
start talking more about the inspiration behind your, your mission or your movement or your business. And you'll notice like, wow, people are leaning into that and they're getting excited by it and they're starting to want to work with me. And then I think there's, there's another, I'm trying to think of the easiest way for people to do things. Another way that you can start to tell stories is really, I'm trying to keep this really simple, but really thinking about what your, what your clients that you want to attract, what they really want and what they really need and kind of like, why don't they have it? Right. Because one of my old coaches used to say, if you want to know your intention about your bank account, check your bank account, right? It's not like your intention for the future. It's like your intention right now is what it is. And so if, if you want, if you aspire to something higher than that in health and relationships and finances and, and, and your clients rather, and they don't have it, then why? And think of a time where you were in a very similar situation to that and start sharing about that. And so the format would be sort of like the, the hero, which is, which is really your client, but you're using yourself. So, so there's a character and then the character has a conflict or a challenge. And then in making a decision to resolve that conflict or challenge, that's what starts the story arc of the story, right? It's like, that's what sets the character into motion. They're trying to attain something. And a lot of times in story, what happens is in trying to attain something external, usually I want more money. I want to lose weight. I want a boyfriend in order to actually get the thing they have to transform internally, which is where the real story lives. So just following that simple arc of like character goal, setting out on a journey to achieve the goal and what kind of internal transformation happened along the way. Sometimes the goal changes. Like sometimes the internal transformation was the point and you're like, I don't even want that thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. If that, that's cool. If that's true for you, you know what I mean? So, so really just starting to think like if my, if my clients and I, if I know my clients want more money and I know that they really want that money because what they really want is freedom, then I can find a time in my life where I had no money and no freedom. And I, then I would share that sort of inciting incident as it's called that set me off into trying to create something better for myself and the challenges that I met along the way and how I came out on top. And you could just start with that, but a lot of times people miss the part about the challenges that happen along the way. So a lot of times in marketing, if you're in the make money space or the business space, you'll see like I was broke and miserable and in poverty and crying my eyes out. And there was like, you know, like I couldn't send my kids to school or whatever. And then all of a sudden I found this system and now I'm rich and people don't like that story anymore. Cause it's not really right. So you have to yeah. say more something like, here was my scenario. Here's what the stakes were. Like if I didn't do something, this is what was going to happen. So showing that vulnerability. And then I met this coach or I met this system or I met this way of being or doing and I tried it didn't work at first, right? Like it, it it was like that first go around I invested 20 grand and I got $3, but then you know I I came back to the system or the coach and we tweaked this little thing and then I tried it again and then it like hit that home run or whatever. So really showing this is what Robert McKee calls um in his book called Story, he calls that violation of expectation in film where the character goes out to try to do something to attain their goal and they miss the mark. Mm. And 
then they have to get some new inner knowledge and then try again and then they attain it. And he actually says, if you don't have that, it's not even a story, which I think is wow. not, that's, that's not really true for me. Like, I think you can have a story without that, but he's like, he's like, that is the story. You know what I mean? Like that. <laughs> so, so people in the marketing space miss that, but it's super critical. I love it. That is so important. And it's amazing. Like, this is really what you just talked about. It's exactly what I've been playing with and really dropping into with my stories and, you know, making a point of bringing these pieces in. Um, and that, that's, that's piece about, you know, I tried it, I failed and I failed because I missed this one critical piece. Right. It says so much in that, I mean, that is the reality. That is how life happens. Yeah. Something we fall on our face and then we try it again. I mean, right now I'm developing a book cover mm-hmm. for my book. <laughs> well, like the first three, you know, ways that we've gone about it were not right. They weren't clicking. And now I'm getting closer. And even with that, I'm still getting feedback from people saying, well, oh, well now it's too soft and it doesn't say anything about the dominatrix. And I'm like, you know, it's like, geez. So like, there's lots of quote unquote failures in life. Mm. And I think that's where that disconnect of like, oh, I found this system and it worked out fabulous. And now I'm making millions doesn't land for people because we know that's not true. Cause it's not true. And also there's this other, as you were speaking, I remembered this other thing that I learned from Robert McKee also, he does a really cool seminar on story for entrepreneurs called Storynomics uh, in LA and on the East Coast for anyone listening that wants to learn from him. He's, he's, he's a little bit of a jerk, but if you look at the back <laughs> of the book story, he's admittedly a jerk and a very unhappy human being. But if you look at the back of, his, of the book cover story and who his students have been, every movie you've ever loved was a student of his, like every single, like all the really good movies, not the boring, like follow this formula, Hollywood formula movie, the good ones, like this, like the, like the green mile kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. The ones that make you go like, what just happened? Um, like, so he has had so much influence over Hollywood, all the good movies. And, and so I love him, but he's not very nice. So I just (laughs) wanted to say that in case you went to the seminar and we're like, what? (laughs) Why did you recommend him? (laughs) So, but, but what he said in that seminar storynomics was that basically our, um, we are wired to relate to the underdog and we are wired to reject the overdog. Mm. So when someone comes out with a story like that, like I'm awesome and I did all this cool shit Mm -hmm. and you need to do it too. It actually does something to the brain where it shuts you, shuts you down. You're like, and, and he said it really well. He said, who do you think of as the overdog? We think of like the president, politicians, uh, religious leaders, um, people in power, most of the time we might have respect or awe for some of those people, certainly not all of them. We, we might have respect for the position, right, of, of, of those things. But we don't feel like, oh, that's my people. Like I feel super connected to those people. We feel disconnected from them. And in many ways, we feel like the, these people are the reason that I'm having obstacles in my life. Like they're getting in the way of me getting what I want. And if a, the point of a story is to show somebody how you got what, what you wanted so that they can have hope to get it too, the worst way to do that would be to be an overdog. So an overdog would be like, oh yeah, there was no challenges. It was really easy. Like I rocked it out people go, whatever, I don't trust you. But if you show like, 
that sort of failing forward thing we were just talking about, then you're, you're becoming the underdog who achieves in spite of, in spite of a million reasons why they shouldn't have achieved. And that's what people can really believe in. And we can see this like Nike and Apple are the best examples of this, right? Like, like if you watch a Nike commercial, if you don't want to go running after that, I don't know what, what, why, like, (laughs) it's like, like, even if you don't like running, you know, if you're not like, yeah, like they do do such a good job at showing the unlikely hero. Yeah. And so does Apple. It's like Apple put the, Apple created an entire brand and the story was the creative class who's been rejected and picked on and made fun of and told, why are you going to art school? Why are you going to film school? Why are you getting an English degree? That's stupid. You'll never make any money, right? They took that person, that alienated artist, and they said, actually, we're going to give you like a ton of creative power. Here, use our computers, you know, use our phones. And it's so funny how that works because I don't think Apple is necessarily a better computer or better phone, but I have, but I use it. Like I wouldn't probably buy anything other than an iPhone or a Mac air, you know, because I have such a strong identification as being the alienated artist who was told my whole life, your skills aren't marketable. And then Apple came in and said, no, actually they are, you know, and Hollywood and the music industry, what do they all use? Apple. Right. <sighs> you, yeah. you know, Airplanes and schools, they still use like PC, but, but the creative class is hooked on Mac. <laughs> it's so powerful. It's yeah. such a great example. So uh, I know we could just keep talking and you have so much information, so much to share. So where do people find you? Yeah. So they can find me at my website, which is kylieslavic.com. And you might want to sell, spell the last one. Yeah, K Y L I E S L A V I K. Or you can just plug that same name into Facebook, and I'm I'm pretty active on Facebook too. So yeah, we can we can connect over there. Yeah, definitely follow Kylie because her, you know, just your what you post and what you're putting out there is you're living you're living what your work is, and so mm-hmm. it's easy to see the power of the story just in what you're posting and mm-hmm. getting that. So I love it. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show with me. Thank you for having me. And for everyone listening, just take one little thing and go tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It works. Thanks for tuning in to the inner dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready, to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.